Section 41 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 6, by Various Authors. Section 41, The Mythical Origin of History, from the History of Civilization in England, by Henry Thomas Buckle. At a very early period in the progress of a people, and long before they are acquainted with the use of letters, they feel the want of some resource which in peace may amuse their leisure, and in war may stimulate their courage. This is supplied to them by the invention of ballads, which form the groundwork of all historical knowledge, and which, in one shape or another, are found among some of the rudest tribes of the earth they are for the most part sung by a class of men whose particular business it is thus to preserve the stock of traditions indeed so natural is this curiosity as to past events that there are few nations to whom these bards or minstrels are unknown thus to select a few instances it is they who have preserved the popular traditions not only of europe but also of china tibet and tartary likewise of india of sind of belichistan of western asia of the islands of the black sea of egypt of western africa of north america of south america and of the islands in the pacific in all these countries letters were long unknown and as people in that state have no means of perpetuating their history except by oral tradition they select the form best calculated to assist their memory and it will i believe be found that the first rudiments of knowledge consist always of poetry and often of rhyme the jingle pleases the ear of the barbarian and affords a security that he will hand it down to his children in the unimpaired state in which he received it this guarantee against error increases still further the value of these ballads and instead of being considered as a mere amusement they rise to the dignity of judicial authorities the allusions contained in them are satisfactory proofs to decide the merits of rival families or even to fix the limits of those rude estates which such a society can possess we therefore find that the professed reciters and composers of these songs are the recognized judges in all disputed matters and as they are often priests and believed to be inspired it is probably in this way that the notion of the divine origin of poetry first arose these ballads will of course vary according to the customs and temperaments of the different nations and according to the climate to which they are accustomed in the south they assume a passionate and voluptuous form in the north they are rather remarkable for their tragic and warlike character but notwithstanding these diversities all such productions have one feature in common they are not only founded on truth but making allowance for the colorings of poetry they are all strictly true men who are constantly repeating songs which they constantly hear and whose appeal to the authorized singers of them as final umpires in disputed questions are not likely to be mistaken on matters in the accuracy of which they have so lively an interest 
this is the earliest and most simple of the various stages through which history is obliged to pass but in the course of time unless unfavorable circumstances intervene society advances and among other changes there is one in particular of the greatest importance i mean the introduction of the art of writing which before many generations are past must effect a complete alteration in the character of the national traditions the manner in which this occurs has so far as i am aware never been pointed out and it will therefore be interesting to attempt to trace some of its details the first and perhaps the most obvious consideration is that the introduction of the art of writing gives permanence to the national knowledge and thus lessens the utility of that oral information in which all the acquirements of an unlettered people must be contained hence it is that as a country advances the influence of tradition diminishes and traditions themselves become less trustworthy besides this the preservers of these traditions lose in this stage of society much of their former reputation among a perfectly unlettered people the singers of ballads are as we have already seen the sole depositories of those historical facts on which the fame and often the property of their chieftains principally depend but when this same nation becomes acquainted with the art of writing it grows unwilling to entrust these matters to the memory of itinerant singers and avails itself of its new art to preserve them in a fixed and material form as soon as this is effected the importance of those who repeat the national trends are sensibly diminished they gradually sink into an inferior class which having lost its old reputation no longer consists of those superior men to whose abilities it owed its former fame thus we see that although without letters there can be no knowledge of much importance it is nevertheless true that their introduction is injurious to historical traditions in two distinct ways first by weakening the traditions and secondly by weakening the class of men whose occupation it is to preserve them but this is not all not only does the art of writing lessen the number of traditionary truths but it directly encourages the propagation of falsehoods this is effected by what may be termed a principle of accumulation to which all systems of belief have been deeply indebted in ancient times for example the name of hercules was given to several of those great public robbers who scourged mankind and who if their crimes were successful as well as enormous were sure after their death to be worshipped as heroes how this appellation originated is uncertain but it was probably bestowed at first on a single man and afterwards on those who resembled him in the character of their achievements this mode of extending the use of a single name is natural to a barbarous people and would cause little or no confusion as long as the tradition of the country remained local and unconnected but as soon as these traditions became fixed by a written language the collectors of them deceived by the similarity of name assembled the scattered facts and ascribing to a single man these accumulated exploits degraded history to the level of a miraculous mythology in the same way soon after the use of letters was known in the north of europe there was drawn up by saxo grammaticus the life of the celebrated ragnar lodbrock either from accident or design this great warrior of scandinavia who had taught england to tremble had received the same name as another ragnar who was prince of jutland about a hundred years earlier 
this coincidence would have caused no confusion as long as each district preserved a distinct and independent account of its own ragnar but by possessing the resource of writing men became able to consolidate the separate trains of events and as it were fuse two truths into one error and this was what actually happened the credulous saxo put together the different exploits of both ragnars and ascribing the whole of them to his favorite hero has involved in obscurity one of the most interesting parts of the early history of europe the annals of the north afford another curious instance of this source of error a tribe of finns called queens occupied a considerable part of the eastern coast of the gulf of bothnia their country was known as queenland and this name gave rise to the belief that to the north of baltic there was a nation of amazons this would easily have been corrected by local knowledge but by the use of writing the flying rumor was at once fixed and the existence of such a people is positively affirmed in some of the earliest european histories thus too abu the ancient capital of finland was called turku which in the swedish language means a market-place adam of bremen having occasion to treat of the countries adjoining the baltic was so misled by the word turku that this celebrated historian assures his readers that there were turks in finland to these illustrations many others might be added showing how mere names deceived the early historians and gave rise to relations which were entirely false and might have been rectified on the spot but which owing to the art of writing were carried into distant countries and thus placed beyond the reach of contradiction of such cases one more may be mentioned as it concerns the history of england richard i the most barbarous of our princes was known to his contemporaries as the lion an appellation conferred upon him on account of his fearlessness and the ferocity of his temper hence it was said that he had the heart of a lion and the title cour de lion not only became indissolubly connected with his name but actually gave rise to a story repeated by innumerable writers according to which he slew a lion in a single combat the name gave rise to the story the story confirmed the name and another fiction was added to that long series of falsehoods of which history mainly consisted during the middle ages the corruptions of history thus naturally brought about by the mere introduction of letters were in europe aided by an additional cause with the art of writing there was in most cases also communicated a knowledge of christianity and the new religion not only destroyed many of the pagan traditions but falsified the remainder by amalgamating them with monastic legends the extent to which this was carried would form a curious subject for inquiry but one or two instances of it will perhaps be sufficient to satisfy the generality of readers of the earliest state of the great northern nations we have little positive evidence but several of the lays in which the scandinavian poets related the feats of their ancestors or of their contemporaries are still preserved and notwithstanding their subsequent corruption it is admitted by the most competent judges that they embody real and historical events but in the ninth and tenth centuries christian missionaries found their way across the baltic and introduced a knowledge of their religion among the inhabitants of northern europe scarcely was this effected when the sources of history began to be poisoned at the end of the eleventh century samond sigfusson a christian priest 
gathered the popular and hitherto unwritten histories of the north into what is called the elder edda and he was satisfied with adding to his compilation the corrective of the christian hymn a hundred years later there were made another collection of the native histories but the principle which i have mentioned having had a longer time to operate now displayed its effects still more clearly in this second collection which is known by the name of the younger edda there is an agreeable mix of greek jewish and christian fables and for the first time in the scandinavian annals we meet with the widely diffused fiction of a trojan descent if by way of further illustration we turn to other parts of the world we shall find a series of facts confirming this view we shall find that in those countries where there has been no change of religion history is more trustworthy and connected than in those countries where such a change has taken place in india brahmanism which is still supreme was established at so early a period that its origin is lost in the remotest antiquity the consequence is that the native annals have never been corrupted by any new superstition and the hindus are possessed of historic traditions more ancient than can be found among any other asiatic people in the same way the chinese have for upwards of two thousand years preserved the religion of fo which is a form of buddhism in china therefore although the civilization has never been equal to that of india there is a history not indeed as old as the natives would wish us to believe but still stretching back to several centuries before the christian era from whence it has been brought down to our own times in an uninterrupted succession on the other hand the persians whose intellectual development was certainly superior to that of the chinese are nevertheless without any authentic information respecting the early transactions of their ancient monarchy for this i can see no possible reason except the fact that persia soon after the promulgation of the koran was conquered by the mohammedans who completely subverted the parsi religion and thus interrupted the stream of the national traditions hence it is that putting aside the myths of the zendavesta we have no native authorities for persian history of any value until the appearance in the eleventh century of shah in which however ferdistu has mingled the miraculous relations of those two religions by which his country has been successively subjected the result is that if it were not for the various discoveries which have been made of monuments inscriptions and coins we should be compelled to rely on the scanty and inaccurate details in the greek writers for our knowledge of the history of one of the most important of the asiatic monarchies End of section forty one